Heather McDonald has got the juices scoop. When you're on the road, when you're on the go, Juicy Scoop is the show to know. She talks Hollywood tales, her real life Mr. Sigmund serial data, and serial sister. You'll be addicted and addicted fast to the number one tabloid real life podcast. Listen in, listen up. Woo, woo. Heather McDonald, Juicy Scoop. Hello and welcome to Juicy Scoop. So much is happening, and then I have time with my sister, the criminal defense attorney, to talk about a sad murder that just happened, but it's one of those things that happened on a honeymoon. We're going to get into it. Um, Okay, here we go. Right off the bat, um, Britney Spears had quite a weekend, and she went and she posted very strange things about liking coffee, wanting coffee. Many of the times when she goes on these long uh, captions, it's about what she suffered when she was in this conservatorship for 13 years and that her family got to do things that she didn't get to do. They, And this says the same thing. And she actually posts a photo that her now husband, Sam, was getting coffee with his sisters and that her her sister, Jamie, was with her dad, Jamie. And why did they get to hang out? And she didn't get to hang out. And then she also posted a text message that she was sending to someone, which no one responded to about her lithium levels for her um, bipolar medication. Just now, Lynn Spears, her mom, reposted a response from whoever that person that she was writing about the lithium. That person then wrote, I never got these and showed proof that they that she had responded to Brittany. But according to Brittany's phone, no one had responded to her. So now these people, including Lynn, are like, you know, were things being deleted? What what were what, what was going on these years? Also, Sam Lufty, Lufty Lufty, if you follow him on Twitter, he posted some emails that have been revealed between Lou Taylor, who was the head of her conservatorship, and some other people about how to, you know, how to keep the conservatorship going, what to do for Jamie. So you think you knew it all, more and more is coming out. Meanwhile, Brittany is doing what Brittany loves, saying that the world shouldn't make fun of her or she hates the documentaries, yet she's rolling around, taking millions of pictures, holding her boobs, it makes her happy, spinning around, dancing, photo dump. Um, but the good news is, is one of her videos in the past couple, the past week is she's singing a little. It's like the first time we've heard her sing. And the news just came out right now from page six that it According to page six, she is going to do kind of like Dua Lipa did uh, with Elton John, but singing Tiny Dancer, which what a great song for her to do, because that's all we've seen her do is spin around and dance. So I think it's great that she's recording with Elton John. I'm sure it'll be a big hit. And, you know, but it's interesting because she's working, but in the stuff that she just posted, she was saying, I don't want to work. Leave me alone. So listen. She definitely is going through it, and she likes to go through it with her 45 million followers. So, um, but the mother is saying, Lynn Spears is saying, Brittany reaching out through her Instagram on her grid, please, can we, you know, can I see you? Can we talk? Um, I don't know. It's such a drama. Adele, meanwhile, she, meanwhile, she is rescheduling her date. So if you had a ticket... And you're probably heartbroken because I don't think when she canceled 
the day before her shows, I don't think she really thought about how much she was inconveniencing her hardcore fans. Now, there's some people that are really wealthy and bought the tickets and took their private jet there and was like, ah, damn. All right, Adele, you do you, boo. Hang out with your boyfriend, figure out what kind of furniture you want on stage. But there were a lot of people that this was it. This is where they were going to ask their girlfriend to marry them. This is where they're going to celebrate a monumental birthday. This was their bachelorette weekend, whatever. This was all of their savings that they, for their big trip to Vegas. And it was all centered around this date and seeing Adele. Now, even if they, now when their ticket is honored between November and March at the Coliseum, who knows if that person can take that time off of work again or pay for the flight or the Ubers or find another hotel, all of it. And that's where it was a real bummer, especially when you're canceling at a place like Vegas. You know, I think it's, I think it's bad if you cancel, if you're whatever at the Chicago theater or whatever, but think about it. It's so much worse when it's a destination type of event. So speaking of destination events, I will be in New York with one of your favorite Carlos King, former producer of Real Housewives of Atlanta and Potomac and so many other shows, because we are going to be there BravoCon weekend have my own show, live Juicy Scoop, audience participation, lots of surprises. That starts at 7.30 sharp. It's an hour and a half approximate show. If you want to know, someone asked about that, heathermcdonald.net, October 15th in New York City. Get your tickets. They are moving very fast. Um, I just want to talk about another doppelganger, like another basically clone. I've talked about cloning myself and how I would like to raise myself and tell myself, I'll focus on this. Don't focus on that. Um, this hairstyle won't look good on you. This is what you should do. I would love that. Sometimes people actually give birth to their clone and Jennifer Garner has. I saw a photo of Ben Affleck and his new bride, JLo, and a couple of their kids in Paris. They are on a, a big European vacation with their uh, with the five kids. And I am like, what? This is so weird. Why is Jennifer Garner on a honeymoon with them? Okay, I guess it's great. I guess she's like, you know, they're that evolved. They're like more evolved than Gwyneth Paltrow and her ex. No, that's their daughter. That's Ben Affleck's daughter. She looks so much like Jennifer. It's crazy. She Same hair, same style, wears glasses, natural makeup, feminine, just so little, just the whole vibe. It's amazing. And she had a mask on, so maybe she doesn't look as much like the mom without a mask, but with a mask, I was dying. So that was kind of fun. What's not fun is that Ben, I don't think, is having that great of a time. Um, at least not the paparazzi shots that they're cher- that they're taking and, and sharing with us. Um, he fell asleep on like a gondola ride. He's tired. He was crying at dinner, and Jayla was consoling him. It's been a lot. He had to take photos. He had to do a whole photo shoot at the park, um, you know, and pretend that paparazzi aren't looking at them. But there's one shot where, where she's like hugging him and Ben is just like this, looking right at the camera. And I'm like, you're going along with it. You you did this 20 years ago with J-Lo when you slicked back your hair and we're driving, you know, um, Bentleys around with her and Rolls Royces and Merdeo Drive as the, all the cameraman took photos of it. You knew what was going to happen. You guys are meant to be together. Deal with it. Then he said, happy 53rd birthday, JLo. And then of course she said, oh, it's my birthday. I'm launching my new JLo body line. Get this body lotion and 
have your body look like mine. Amazing. Look, she looks amazing. Um, but look, she is marketing queen. She wants to stay relevant. You can't blame her. So there's always new things. She has a subscription account. She wants you to subscribe to get the inside scoop of her life. And Ben, deal with it. Um, okay, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Couple interesting things happen in the show. Jamie Lee Curtis is an established actress. She's a very well-liked person. Um, I know this because I was reading the comments. And apparently a lot of people loved that she made an appearance on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So she was in the Halloweens when Kyle played one of the little kid characters in it. And Kyle's like, I'm having a lunch to benefit Children's Hospital with Jamie Lee Curtis. And she comes, and I got to say, you guys, I thought it was weird. I thought it was really odd. I felt like Jamie Lee Curtis was there and treated it like she was doing a guest star on Blackish or something, like like a major sitcom. She came in, she had a lot of energy. Usually when there's like another famous person that's a guest at a party, whether it's me or someone else, you kind of just act like you're there. You know, you don't act like you're, you know, the cameras are on you. You're like, oh, hi, yeah. You know, you act kind of cool about it. Well, I mean, she is a big deal. But so she walks in and Kyle's like, I'm sorry, I'm just a little flustered. I was just coloring my my roots, getting rid of my gray. And it just, oh, just like doesn't look good. I just need to get rid of this gray. And she's saying it to Jamie Lee Curtis, who has a completely gray head of hair that she's rocked for years. One of the few people that like rocked, was like, hey, I'm gray. I don't give a shit. And she's like, I'm, I don't care about your gray. I don't, I don't care about your gray hair. I don't care about your face. I don't care about your outfit. I don't care about your home, though it's lovely. I don't care about the food you're going to serve. I care about your heart. All I care about, Kyle, look at me. All I care about is the beating vessel inside your body between the two lungs. I was like, I hate that when someone does that. Cause then you're like, well now thanks for making me feel like an asshole that I'm a little bit vain about my fucking gray roots. Like I just thought I could talk to you like a girlfriend, not like you're going to tell me you're some elevated being that would never care about looks or anything. So then they sit down, a bunch of them have COVID. And I remember, um, I went to a Christmas party and Crystal was there and I was like, what's the juicy scoop? And she's like, well, like every week someone has COVID. So it, we haven't been filming like not that things are a little stalled in the juice department, but I think it's been a good, I'm enjoying the juice. So anyway, they sit down and Jamie Lint. So, and uh, Cherie, which is a new girl, she is Garcelle's friend. She says to um, Sutton, do you have any eyelash glue? My eyelash is falling and Sutton starts to fix it. And then Jamie Lee is like, oh my God, stop right now. I am so, I am so invested in this. Oh, let me, as if she's like, oh, I'm, I've never seen such vanity at a party. I've never seen girls like, it's just so not me. Let me. And then she fixed it. And then Sherry's like, thank you, Auntie Jamie. You just met the woman. It was weird. Then she goes through her gift pack, which is all these things with my hand in yours, which is great. The money goes to Children's Hospital. That's nice. And then, of course, Dorit's like, so chic. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And then she's like, oh, you know. Of course, Jamie Lynn is just such an evolved person. She doesn't care about looks. We know you don't care about looks, Jamie Lee. We saw your child's wedding, which was a cosplay theme. And obviously, it's about 
the people's heart. We get it. I do, I do, do believe she truly feels like that. I thought it was weird. Crystal also talked about that she has an eating disorder still, and she has a lot of guilt about what she eats and thinks about it, and she throws it up. Into which Erica Jane goes, really? Well, when I'm feeling a little bloated, a little fat, I like to just take a bunch of laxatives and shit it out. And Garcelle's like, and she goes, but you, you like to puke it, Crystal? You like to puke? I'm like, give me a toilet and let me sit, because that's the way I do it. Have you tried it? I, I'm not kidding. It was so weird. Then thank God Kathy Hilton is back. And we, like I said, we've got a lot to look forward to. She was funny and cool with Kyle. I missed her. So she is back. And um, uh, I got to tell you, Diane Jenkins is fucking boring as shit. I cannot. I'm fast forwarding it. You know, she's beautiful. She would think, listen, I don't blame you for casting this woman. I really don't. She's beautiful. She knows all these celebrities. She's 48 and, you know, trying to get pregnant with her second baby with her 26-year-old husband. She has a 22-year-old son or something and another daughter that jumps and is into horses. Yeah, you got $250 million from your ex-husband. You hung out with Jeffrey Epstein. I don't know and I don't... You'd think that was juicy, okay? She's so bitchy and just boring, like just boring, just... Not interesting at all. So I, I really, I would be shocked if she came back. But um, anyway, so that happened there. It's good. Also, the we concluded the ultimate girls trip. Dorinda, most people still think she's a mean bitch. And a lot of people wonder, is this the real Dorinda that we saw the last couple seasons? And maybe the Dorinda we saw the first couple seasons was her just acting, being nice. And then as the years went on, the cruelness came out. I don't know, but she was awful and, you know, starting fights with everybody and drank the whole time. It was just whatever. But what was juicy is that the guy that was the butler who was presented as her regular butler, Marco, he was like, I'm going to confess. I'm an actor, uh, a friend of a friend of a girlfriend worked on the show and they needed someone right away. And I guess maybe he has a little bit of service background, like he can make a drink or whatever, but he did seem like he wasn't great at the job. He served them food when they weren't supposed to have food upstairs. At one point, Brandy and they all get really drunk and they take off his shirt. And he said, my wife didn't like that. She didn't like seeing me manhandled. I'd never seen the show. I didn't know what I was walking into. So that was kind of juicy. Um, let me see. Oh, so this Colorado girl She's a young girl under 30, works for a tech company. And she said, oh, this is how much I make. This is my salary. And I it was able to get a raise. But this is how much taxes come out when you get this kind of a raise. But this is what you make. And so it got a lot of play because people were very, kind of interested in what she made, but also how much you pay to taxes when you're a single woman. Well, her company didn't like that she was revealing that. And they fired her. And they said, we're just, we don't like that you have this TikTok account because we're afraid that you could share more about our company than just your salary. It's not against the law for someone to share about their salary. There's like labor laws that she has that right to share that with anybody. But I do think, you know, I just think so many people are just so into sharing every single thing about their lives. And I think you have to be a little bit careful. Like there is a real housewife producer that I follow on TikTok and I wrote her and I go, are these production companies not 
at all bummed that you like wake up and you're like, okay, we're going to go film at this place. I had to just talk to this bitchy housewife for a minute and tell her that, you know, she better be there on time or something. I mean, and she's like, no, they don't care. I'm like, maybe at this point when it's reality TV, we want all the press we can get. But in other ways, like I follow this other woman who's like, I'm a chef for a rich Hamptons family. And she really does just show the food that she makes. And it's kind of interesting, but I'm like, Oh, I wonder if she cleared that with them because like, do you imagine if all of a sudden, like you're just watching someone on TikTok, you're like, that's my sister's house. Like why? Or I've seen it with nannies and stuff like, hi, I'll tell you what it's like to be a day in the life of a nanny for someone really rich on the Upper East Side. So I made the kids some juice and then I, and she's like showing, she doesn't show the kids, but she's like showing everything in the house. And besides you showing everything in my house, I'd be like, can you not spend your whole day like filming and doing TikToks? Like I'm paying you to watch my four-year-old. Anyway, that's my little tip to you guys. Maybe don't put everything on TikTok. Bethany, however, does. Bethany of Real Housewives of New York, she told a story on her TikTok about how she became the highest paid housewife in the history of housewives. And she said, you know what? Andy came over. He's like, the show sucks. The ratings are down. What do we have to do to get you back on the show? And I said, you know what? I don't know, but I don't negotiate. Bring me your best and final offer best and final, and just know it better be high because I don't need the money. I don't need to do this, but you know what? If it's give me an offer, I can't refuse and I'll take it. And that's how I became the highest paid housewife. So, um, meanwhile, also Bethany is doing all these posts about, um, beauty products and you think she's doing, I, I think the people at home think it's like the greatest Christian service that anyone could ever do. Like, this is not worth the ex- this expensive thing for the department store. And she'll name it out. She'll be like, this product from blah, blah, blah is not worth it. This wet and wild lipstick, to die, to die. Shitballs, bananas, to die. I love it, to die. <laughs> and she's doing all these, like, you know, which is cool. That's cool to do. But as someone who is, knows Bethany, studies Bethany, people like Bethany don't make TikToks that take time out of the goodness of their heart, okay? So... I definitely think, get ready for, I think it's going to be called Just Be Beauty. Okay. That's what I think the name's going to be. And I think she's going to come out with her own beauty line or be part of a beauty line or something where she's like, I've tested all the products. I told you what I like from the expensive to the inexpensive. And I've created my own line of products that I love that will evolve. I'll be introducing new products all the time, but this is the appropriate price point for the things. The spend a little more on foundation, but you don't need to spend as much here. You know, that type of thing. And people will be like, absolutely. You've tested it all. You know it. We followed you on TikTok. So that's my prediction. Also, Carol Radswell said, we know this. She's been on my show a bunch. We've talked about it. Real housewives and reality stars do not get residuals. Okay. Um, but residuals go down a lot too. So if I did a guest star on Malcolm in the Middle... I did make money over the years, but it keeps, it's very little. Now, if I get a check for that, which was like, you know, 16 years ago and I guess roll, it's like, I don't know, $42. But it is crazy that these housewives are in all these countries. It's on streaming on Peacock, but they agreed to it. They, it's a non-union gig. They don't get health insurance. They agree that we're going to pay you this much, but that's it. So she is saying, I don't like that you can use me in flashbacks like currently. So if there's an episode now 
um, on a season. And then they're like, remember at that party? And then they show Carol or they talk about Carol. She just, she knows she's not going to get a dime from it. She's just letting people go. Mm, that is kind of shitty. Hey, you sign, there's nothing you can do about it. And you know what? You don't want to be a NeNe Leaks. That's not going to help you get back on the show either. Meanwhile, Ramona is having the time of her life, you guys. She is wearing this little silver skirt. She's dancing around. She's like, went to Calvin Harris, going on a yacht with my girlfriends. She's having the best time of her life. I don't hate it. I love it. Um, and I thought about it because I thought, you know, right now, Luann and Sonia are doing this like simple life in this town of 7,000 people and they're filming it. And I don't think that was a great day when Ramona found out that she was not going to be part of a show with the two women that she started housewives with, or even actually Sonia came after Ramona. Um, and I, I love Lou, but if you were to ask me also, I like to do the impression of Ramona more than anyone on earth, but I would have thought Ramona and Sonia together, just the two of them together because they both drink and, and Lou is sober. Um, I think they would have been more of a comedic mess and looking for hot guys. And I don't know to me or all three of them. So I think the fact that if I was Ramona, I would have been a little butthurt that I wasn't getting this paycheck, that I wasn't part of it. And what better way to be like, you know what? You know what? It's okay. Cause I have a lot of really rich girlfriends. Okay. I'm one with a real gorgeous yacht. We're going to go to Mykonos. We're going to go to Ibiza and I'm going to, you know what? I look great. I feel great. I'm going to dance my ass off. And she is just having the time of her life. She is partying till six in the morning. Her legs look great. And I don't think there's any better thing that she should have done than tap into her one percenters and get herself invited. So good for her. Enjoy watching it. It's like freaking amazing. You guys know I travel a lot, usually to get on a plane to see you to do a show. And I have a very hard time deciding what to bring. And I'm going to admit it, I'm an overpacker. That's okay, because this holiday season, Away offers a range of suitcases, bags, and other travel essentials made for different types of travelers, from the overpackers, that's me, to the minimalists, to the travel expert, to everyone in between. With its versatile collection of suitcases, bags, and travel accessories, Away offers the perfect holiday gifts for every traveler. I just got the medium size. That is the perfect size, and it's not too big. It still lets me overpack and come home and be like, mm, I didn't wear those things. I don't care. Because every suitcase comes with an interior organization system that includes a built-in compression pad to help me pack even more and hidden and removable laundry bag that separates my dirty laundry. But what I really love is the four 360 spinner wheels, guaranteeing the smoothest roll even through the most hectic of airports and stations. It really makes the whole experience less exhausting having this great bag. Also, there's a 100-day trial on everything Away makes. So take the product on the road, live with it, travel with it, get lost with it for 100 days. If you decide it's not the bag for you, you can return any non-personalized item for a full refund during that period. Okay, no ifs, ends, or buts. This holiday season, gift away at awaytravel.com slash juicy. That's awaytravel.com slash juicy. Saying, So, um, oh, uh, I interviewed this uh, girl many years ago, and it's Chuck Lore's wife, and her name is Arielle Lore, and I enjoyed having her on my show. She has her own social media and her own podcast and everything, 
Anyway, I was always kind of fascinated about the age difference between she and her husband. Besides, Chuck Chuck Lore is huge in the sitcom world. He's extremely wealthy, but all of his shows are huge, huge hits. Uh, Two and a Half Men, Big, Big Bang Theory, Mom, all this stuff. They met, fell in love, 33-year age difference. She's 36, he's 69. They announced... Um, that they are getting divorced and she will get spousal support. And then she had a prenup and I'm sure she's well taken care of. And she has her own career as well, which is nice. And they asked for privacy and I'm not giving it. I'm sorry. Cause I just found it interesting. <laughs> Neither did people. Okay. People magazine didn't expect privacy either. Um, but one person wrote in the comment, not all divorces are sad. And I thought, yeah, you're right. Like I, 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 she's like, uh, like a health nut and stuff. And she's only 36. And when she came on my show, she's like, no, I don't want kids. And I'm not saying that she will have kids, but by ending this marriage after just a couple years and still being a young girl, um, you know, you have a whole nother life to, to do what you want to do. And it sounds like she's smart and she's going to be well taken care of and it's not ugly and they're both good with it. Um, but, you know, you know how I feel about these extreme age difference. 33 years is a lot. So anyway, I think she'll be just fine. Oh, this is a little update of an asshole. Remember when Shannon Mochler was with that awful guy, Matthew Rondo? Oh, my God. And he was, like, filming her. Shannon Shana Mochler is Travis Barker's ex-wife. And anyway, she thought she was pregnant. And she's like, I'm not pregnant, but this guy's an asshole. But then they got back together. Well, according to TMZ and legal docs, the LA city attorney did charge him with misdemeanor, domestic violence and battery and vandalism for that horrible incident that happened right when she got back from big brother. And, um, so even if you end up being back with this awful guy, it doesn't matter. It's up to the DA whether they want to go forward with charges or not. And they did. So hopefully, I mean, I think they're still together, but now it's just, it's just so I feel so badly for women that then are with this awful person and then they take them back and now they're being charged with it. And I'm sure they're like blaming them. I'm sure, I'm sure he's like such a dick. He's probably blaming her for this um, arrest. Oh my God. Julia. What the hell's her name? Julia Fox. Wore the most horrific outfit. She wore a bathing suit top turned upside down. That wasn't the bad part. And then these weird pants that were so, so low in the pelvic area that you could see the razor burn from where she had to shave the top of her pubes. I mean, literally, like the line of the vagina was almost being seen. Like the top, it was so gross. I mean, she's very thin. So it's like, you're seeing like all the pelvic bones. It is awful. Um, if she ever wanted to act again, she's not going to, I think she thought me showing up in these weird fucking outfits will keep juicy scoop talking about me. Well, it did to an extent, but no one's going to cast you in anything. You weirdo desperate thing. Um, Oh, I want to talk about one more thing. I am not at all endorsing this, but people are talking about it. So I thought I might, um, A lot of people are wondering what are the Kardashians using where they had such rapid weight loss. 
and dropped it so quick and their body's completely transformed. What is it? And a lot of people are talking about this and it's called Oz M Pick. And it is an injectable medication. They're claiming it's safe and effective for long-term weight loss. It is for, it's a di- it was originally a diabetes drug, but it's a once a week injectable. And I just think you guys should know that's what's going on. That's what people are doing. And I, I don't know that it's good or bad. I'm not doing it, but people are talking about it. So I think you should be made aware. Check it out. If, or don't, or don't. Just know that when you see someone get that freaking skinny, it's not because they were doing squats and, you know, and, and holding off on the carbs. So, but hey, it's, it's okay. You know, it can be all that. Okay, you guys, now for some real juicy crimes and some updates with my sister, Shannon. I want to talk about Athletic Greens. I'm really loving it. I've been taking it for about three weeks now, and I am enjoying it. I thought it was going to be super healthy tasting. No, this one little scoop gives me, it's got a great tropical flavor, and by doing it, I am getting over 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens. And what I really love is because I really didn't like taking vitamins. It was really hard for me. I blew it off certain days. I'm kind of really getting into this, and I'm having it every single day. And what I love is it actually is less than $3 a day. And it's so much better for you than maybe the $5, think about it, latte that you're getting every day, you know, um, this is really good for you. And it's really about gut health. And it's just a small micro habit that can really have big benefits to get you on track, get you healthier, help your immune system, help you sleep better. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash juicy scoop. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash juicy scoop to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello and welcome to Juicy Scoop. Well, as promised, my sister Shannon McDonald Goldstein, attorney at law, criminal defense attorney, happened to be visiting this weekend. So we get to have her one more time. We're going to do some updates and some other juicy crimes that have happened. So Shannon, welcome back. Thanks, Heather. It's really good to be back. Um, Okay, we have another murder on a honeymoon, you guys. American man is accused of murdering his wife while on their honeymoon in Fiji. Tell us about this, Shannon. All right. So this is actually, I did a little bit of a, a deeper dive because there really wasn't anything on this. But this couple, they get married in February and they're planning this fabulous vacation. She's 36, he's 38. Um, unfortunately about three to four days in and they're at this resort where literally only like 14 couples are there. So it's like its own private Island. So it's very exclusive and they find her body bludgeoned, beaten in the bathroom of the, uh, of the room, but they don't find it's like the next day of the hotel, of their hotel, of the hotel. So they immediately start looking for the husband because he's not around. You got to figure there's only your suspect pool has gone down significantly. You're only at about 15 people, right? Right. If you don't look if everybody else has been accounted for. So what I found out is apparently, um, allegedly he was found a day or two, maybe a day or two later, but he was actually, um, 
kayaking or paddling at two or three in the morning to the other island that was like two kilometers away. Yes, I found this. And he was bloody on his hands and he was bloody and bruised. He's still bloody even though he's paddling and water's well, being splashed? Well, they, they My think God. that he was, uh, well, was bruised and bloody and they think that maybe one of the witnesses said that because maybe he got stuck in those like coral patches, you know, that you get in oh. Fiji. So maybe not that. Okay. But supposedly he somehow, he got to the island by a kayak somehow in the morning. So that's not good. Then they start talking about now that it was kind of a whirlwind romance. Now we're talking about the Mm. family. So she's of Asian descent and she was a pastry chef that then became a pharmacy pharmacist. He actually works for as in charity work for a place called youth village. They say that when they got married, suddenly half the people at the merit at the wedding had met him for the first time. So we don't really know where he kind of came from. So they were a little like, what's going like, on with that? Is he a dirty John or something? Like something. love bombed her and, you know, kept her a little isolated from her friends in order for him not for them not to investigate him. Y- you think about that. Yeah. Now it's kind of like, hmm, what was this? But, but I think, and I think... Um, they're right, you know, there's a picture of them very happy at their wedding. And then we're married for six months and there was no... Oh, they were married for six yes. months. And then they just now went on the honeymoon. Right. Because of COVID and everything. Probably else. COVID, maybe because they were trying to, you know, figure out how to afford this vacation. Right. I mean, if you work for a charity, I'm, I can't imagine this was an easy honeymoon to plan. Right. And she wanted to be married to him forever, they say. She really wanted babies. So I don't know if this was an argument about, you know, children... Um, I don't really know what happened. Um, obviously, he's denying everything, and they're trying to get him bailed out. He has to go back Fiji in the main island on, on the 27th, but he's not going to bail out because he has no contacts or no okay, reason so Shannon, to stay. Shannon, you got this. Uh, this is your client. Oh, my God. What's the story? What is the defense? I'm, I, I mean, I would think if I was on your team of lawyers, okay. I would say... No, 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 no. You can't tell him what to do. No, but you're going to you're gonna tell me I'm gonna your tell defense. You. I'm, I'm not gonna, me. I'm not going to no, tell no, you what you defense No, you be the is. attorney, but I'm going to be what I'm going to tell you as the, as the husband. As the husband, you think. Okay. okay. <sighs> well, you're right. You know, people are right. Um, we did get in a, an argument um, because, you know, we, she was flirting with this workman throughout the whole time that we were there. I don't know his name. Juan or something, um, you know, he's bartender, whatever, just, it was different guys the whole time. I know there was only 15 people there, but she was flirting <laughs> with all these guys. And I just said, you know what? I don't even know why I'm here. Just, why don't you just get with the bartender? And I just hopped in this kayak and I was so pissed about how, you know, she was disrespecting me. Maybe this marriage wasn't right. And I paddled, paddled, paddled. And then I saw that I had gone so far from this island that I'm like, I better not turn around and go back to this island where I have a hotel room that I paid for. Let me go to this other island and just, and then I'll get on the phone and I'll call her and we'll make up. So when I got there, you can imagine my surprise when the authorities found me there and told me that my wife had been bludgeoned to death. <laughs> well, cause I didn't do it obviously. And my, my hands are marked up. These aren't nail scratches. They're the coral reef scratches from um, not being that experienced of a kayaker, but just really wanting to get my, uh, my not my steps in, but my strokes in. I have a Fitbit. 
Well, I certainly can understand this story, especially if the next day you maybe reached out and couldn't find your wife on this island, but you know, they didn't arrest you till two days later. Were you ever planning on coming back to see if she was okay or I were mean, you I just, really she done said, with the marriage? She said, get the hell out. Like when we were fighting, she said, mm. get the hell out. So I left. I mean, I would never want this. Like, why would I want her dead? She makes incredible pastries and she can get me like a Z-pack anytime they need it from the pharmacy. So like, obviously, I, it benefits me nothing um, except the life insurance policy, but every every couple has that. So no, there's no benefit in this happening. I mean, I'm devastated. So where were you when they arrested you? I was just sitting at this little bar and having a, a Mai Tai. Because I just thought we were just having a fight. Yeah. Two, for two days, though. How long was your honeymoon for? Um, how long was it for? Did you look it up? No. Was probably probably a days. week. Probably 10 days. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what was the plan? Before you were arrested, what was the plan? After you, after you finished the Mai Tai, like, kind of tell me what the plan was. The were plan you... was let her get some steam off. She wasn't calling me back, as you can see. Mm. I called her. I left so her very did. sweet voicemail messages. Okay. Babe, let's work this out. Babe. Um, sorry, I got so heated. I'm just such, you know, I don't know why you're flirting with all these weird local guys whose names I don't know or faces I can't recognize, but, uh, stay away from them because, you know, they could get weird and, um, I love you. Let's Uh, work it out. So there's like tons of those messages. Okay. Some of them I even did from the boat, from the kayak. Oh, from the kayak. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so I'm assuming the police have taken your phone, correct? Right. Okay. And, um, and it's not going to be concerning at all to them. That no, because had... I deleted everything. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You deleted everything. Oh, all the messages you said, just because you were... No, the messages are on her phone. I left those voicemail messages, but all the texts and stuff, I just, I just deleted just because I thought, you know, it, we were saying mean stuff to each other. So I just deleted that. Like, I don't need to look at that and be reminded that we were fighting. So that's all right. gone. All right. Well, this is good. I and mean, then my Snapchat and all that, that, you know, that always disappears anyway. Okay. And I got rid of my Instagram and DMs too. So when you were fighting, you uh, definitely left the phone there. Her phone was just sitting there, correct? I, I, yeah, I guess. You know, I left. When I left, she was, you know, alive. Obviously. Okay. okay. And where was she? Was she in the... Just in the living room, just like yelling at me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so then I was like, hey, I'm getting out of here. Yeah. And about what time And then she leave? said she was good. She's like, good, I'm glad you're leaving because I'm going to go walk around and have a drink with some of these strange people I've been flirting with. Ugh. And I'm like, you go do... And I'm so mad at myself that I let her do that. Mm. Just, oh, how could I? Yeah. Okay. Well, good. I mean, I think we're going to see. I think you have a solid case. I think we have a solid case. And once they do the investigation and they, you know, take, um, you know, they determine where the the blood splatter evidence is and, um, you know, kind of around the house. And um, so what were you, were you staying at a an apartment or a condo or anything over on that other island? Well, I had done the dumb mistake of like not leaving with a lot of money. So I just was um, just sleeping in the sand. Mm. Is that where you met? Is that where you met that friend that saw that, that saw that you were kind of like your, your hands were all sort of beaten and torn up. Oh, that guy that's talking to local police that I met at the bar. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was cool. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. He, well, no, I mean, he said that that's, he said that that's what you said. He said that he was, you know, usually inexperienced kayakers have that problem with the coral. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll talk to him too because he sounds like a, a really good witness. Okay. Okay. Great. Now, Shannon, you've been you've been given this case, mm-hmm. and I am your client. Mm-hmm. Um, what what angle are you going to take? Okay. So first, first of all, I'm going to call my client down, and I'm going to be, and I'm absolutely do, will not discuss the case with him at, at all. I do not want to hear his story, not yet, not at all. Okay, so you're bummed that I told you everything. Yeah, I kind of, I am kind of bummed, but okay. it's okay because you have. I right now, I'm just going to, you know, proclaim your innocence, and we'll get to that point and stuff, and we're going to probably have to talk about it. But right now, we're just. I want to calm him down. I want to figure out bail. I want to talk to his family. I want to find out a little bit more about her. I want to find out if there were, you know, what were your days like? Who did you befriend? Um, I, you will, I'll talk to that other potential witness. So I definitely have my own investigation going on and just kind of other than just saying, um, it's when do you go to him? Mm -hmm. Would you only go to him if they had some really solid stuff like DNA and, would you go to who? What do you mean? Like, like, would you go to your client um, and tell him it's? I, I think you better plea. What if they said we have a bloody handprint on the wall? That's his handprint. That's pretty inexcusable. That he was there while she was bleeding, and chose to let her die and leave. But there's, but there's so many. I, I like your story. I totally love your story. Just for example. Um, and actually, it was not a story that I was actually thinking. So I was actually thinking a different story, what was a your, different defense. What was your defense? I was thinking that they did have a fight, okay. which would explain um, her blood and potentially his blood. Oh, like it did get physical. It did get physical. Yeah. Like it did definitely get physical. But he said, you know, and he kind of freaked out and got upset um, I also think that there might have been a situation where she sort of feigned it all by basically kind of starting herself. She could have been hurting herself. He could have come in and seen her, tried to stop, grabbed her, uh, and then realized that she was already dying. You know, I don't know what beaten to death means, so I'd have to look at that. It could be just like she slit her wrist. It could be a lot of different things. But then he would have had the blood on her already. So that could have, depending on what the forensic evidence shows, that's another thing we'd have to kind of, you know, evaluate. Well, why wouldn't he tell anybody? Why would he get in the kayak? Well, he's freaked out. He's like, oh my God, oh my God, what's going to happen now? I need to get into the kayak. I do have a real big issue with the fact that if he left at two or three in the morning and nobody, you know, he, they find him not the next morning on the island, but two days later, that's going to be tougher to say why what were you doing for two days like just and also like because nobody fa- because kayaking at night well, and also did he just steal the kayak or did he like rent it out obviously <laughs> that's a problem so that's going to be another that's going to be another gonna crime be another yeah and we got to see what's in the kayak and where the kayak is and if the story is just you know bullshit like but it's read really good for today's podcast yeah. so i mean because it makes it very interesting but when you look at the story no it doesn't look good but there's all these kinds of areas that you could go into now if it's not a lot there and he might just say look it just went really 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 bad then you can at least not do a murder two or a murder one so you they can do a voluntary crime manslaughter yeah crime of passion which is going to lower the potential time i have no idea how fiji even handles this right because but you have to kind of wonder they, he has to stay in fiji Right. But then Fiji, he has to stay in Fiji. Okay. Basically, when you're a U.S. citizen and you go, you know, overseas, right now they really basically have to handle this case because this is where Fiji the crime. Does. Yes, this is where the crime happened. Now, 
think it's better than maybe happening in China or something, but it's going to be, they're going to take it very seriously. Yeah. I kind of wonder, like, it's really the timing element for well, me also, is I what would, I'm concerned about. Because yeah. you, you have 14 supposed couples. So did they wait 24 hours before they found the body? Because, you know, how how long was the body post-mortem? It was you the know. housekeeper that found her. Okay, I, okay, it was. And so then you would think that that would have happened the next day. Yeah. So then you're trying to find him. But also, you know, so many hotels I go to now, yeah. they're like, sorry, because of COVID, we don't have housekeeping. So like, unless you really want it, you have to call down and ask for it. And usually when I'm on the road, I'm like, just send me some more towels and some ice. Like, I don't, I don't need you coming in. It's fine. And so they it's could like, have been that couple. But I mean, said, I don't at a fancy need. resort, I kind of doubt it. I would think that it's still once a day because it's like resorty. But also just like what that, that famous story that happened in Cancun where the producer of Survivor did get convicted for killing his wife and they found her body in like a, like a manhole thing on the resort. Um, they, they're, the defense could be that the prosecutor of these countries, they definitely want it to be the husband. They don't want it to be some random worker. Right. Because we need all the Americans to come and, you know, tourism is our biggest, uh, commodity or whatever and they make a so, big deal about it we want everyone to know that this is safe 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 right. we know it's the husband and we know it was intentional right then he's not going to go after anybody else but that's always a good defense too is to say like you guys are so quick to make it the husband you know and that in that cancun case there were there were sketchy stories of people at this resort and walking in and there being like a workman in their room and strange things that had happened but there was enough evidence. I do think they got the right person in that particular case. Um, if you guys want to look it up, it's Survivor Producer. Just Google Survivor Producer and right. Cancun. And I, I I, think he's still there doing the time, but he still proclaims his innocence and everything. But it's, yeah. So we'll see where this goes. But it's maybe very they sad, got the, obviously very sad for the victim and her friends and family. But maybe they got this is fight weird. because he doesn't want the children to... You know, you don't know where this fight could have led to. Like what, you know, it could what have been. the fight was about. Yeah, maybe it was about the children. Maybe it was about the flirting. Maybe it was. Maybe it was somebody that was. Wait, why do you keep bringing up children? Because she said she wanted to be married to this guy forever and have babies. That's what some of the family said, because they didn't really know him that well. But and they- she's 36. He's 38. It was a whirlwind romance. How and did so they meet? thinking maybe he was like, I don't want to. It just, maybe the last six months wasn't what he banked on. I mean, but you would, again, you would think if you really did Do we this, know what he did for a living? Yeah. He worked for a charity, Village oh. Youth. So he's like this, yeah. So a then shady, yeah. a little, yeah. Then you kind of wonder about that. And then you're like, but then if it was really something that he intended, couldn't he have done a better job cleaning up the body? I, that's I in read the something about like bathroom? a dirty John type and saying you work for a charity is a very easy thing to fake. Right. A job. I definitely think there's. Because you can leave every day and you can go to a coffee shop and whatever. Yeah. So something, we'll see. Something is definitely not right. This does not look good for him. Um, okay, this was juicy and you have some um, info on it. We all remember the juicy GoFundMe story where there was this couple who um, did like a video and said, oh my God, I was getting gas and I had no money and I needed gas. And a homeless guy who turns out to be a former vet or is a vet, a former Marine, gave me the, his last $10. Let's do something from him, for him, you guys. And she started to go fund me and he got over $400,000. And then it gets revealed 
that they were all in cahoots. So explain a little bit of how they got caught and what is going on because she's in a lot of trouble, the girl. So this happened in 2017 and um, yeah, it, it played out exactly like the way you said it. Um, but obviously they were in cahoots. I think he was definitely homeless, but it wasn't so much like, oh, I ran out of gas and he paid me $20. It was more like, hey, we, you scratch my back, I could scratch yours and we could help each other out. Didn't they meet him somewhere and plan it out? Correct. Okay, so they met him somewhere and thought of this whole elaborate plan, which I find so juicy and fascinating because, you know, you see these things where things go viral and it's like what came first, the chicken or the egg, and then how you can get things from it. And um, there was actually a movie coming out where a girl does a fake, um, tries to pretend that she's a fake influencer flying all around Paris, which we've seen happens where people put like private, they Photoshop stuff. And so she figures out a way to Photoshop that she's in Paris and then there's a terrorist attack in Paris and they're like, oh my God, our favorite influencer, let's talk to her. And she starts to say, oh, it was, I can't believe I made it out alive. And now she's in this huge yeah, she's lie. Lie after lie after, after lie. lie. And after now she lie, has to dig herself out. you're fame and you're getting, the, and you know, <sighs> as such a, a, like that's a scripted story, but so juicy. And this is kind of one of those things where they probably saw, saw stuff like this happening, realized how people love a story like this. That, oh my God, even though this guy was down and out, he still had the heart to give this girl $10. And then this couple's so great to help him. But then where it gets weird, what I remember is first we heard that then he came forward and was like, so they took all my money. So here's what happened. Okay. So they get end up getting about $400,000 from GoFundMe. And they're probably not thinking it's the worst thing in the world because everyone gives about $100, like speaking about the Jen Shaw, like I'm not hurting one person all that much. They get about three sixty, you know, after fees. Um, they give him like seventy five thousand dollars, but whether that was agreed to or not, who knows? So they think he's seventy five thousand. He'll be great. Well, you know, he probably blows it on alcohol or drugs, and he doesn't really change his life. And now he's mad, so he goes after them and sues them. And that's when they got a hold of this because in the meantime, they're buying Louis Vuitton purses. The couple she is. is. Yeah. yeah. They're taking the Las Vegas trip. They're gambling to, you know, succeed on the money. I mean, I think this whole thing started because they sort of found each other and realized that they were all kind of financially in trouble and maybe they could all benefit each other. And I think this couple thought this guy will go away for 75 grand and he didn't. And then it all really blew up, right? I mean, I also love that it's just, it's just the... The decade of the hoaxes. Oh, God. I mean, between, you know, the Petaluma mom who, you know, tried to say that her kids were being followed by a couple that wanted to kidnap them. And it was for her to gain followers, basically, and get attention. Now, you know, she wasn't worried about that. The couple was like, what? Us? That story. You know that one. Right. Um, Of course, my other favorite one, the girl that um, faked her own kidnapping to be with her high school boyfriend where was she from she was up in that was up northern california too yeah a lot of california weirdos well i think it's more about attention it's all about wanting the attention and what it gains and like what it gets you know and also just protect also so many people just doing like a tiktok after something traumatic happens there's actually a funny trend um on tiktok right now a parody i don't know if you've seen this annie where people are saying like Oh my gosh, I was with my daughter and she's um, 
163 months old and my other son is 93 months old. Like they're old kids. And I was at Target and oh my God, you guys, this guy glanced at my children twice. I am shaking. I am shaking. Like everyone <laughs> acting like their kids are about to be stolen from Target and like watch your kids and like be, be a warrior mama. And like it's, you know, but it's, it all comes from that of just like these, just people having to tell their story every time something happens, happens to them. Right. And then it's like, but it's also kind of sad because there's younger right. kids that actually do get kidnapped even from stores like no, this. No, it, do, it does happen, but it's, so the, it's like... It's like <laughs> but I mean, I, I get the... Everyone par- thinking that they're kids, yeah. But okay, so, so now continue at the, with this. So, so then, now at the end, so basically everybody got convicted. They all got convicted of basically deception by, you know, fraud by deception, right? Because they all unwillingly got this money, including Mr. Bobbitt, who was, yeah. you know, homeless. Undeservingly got the money. They lied about it. Right. Yeah. So now the main guy got five years. The boyfriend. Uh, the boyfriend. And I'm not sure where he is in that uh, actual custody time. The girl got her one year and then just suspended the rest. And then she should be going in soon. And Mr. Bobbitt, actually, he ended up pleading on the night. About two years ago, he did not get any time, but he did get probation that required rehab. It is Which, kind of interesting. That's a good story. It is, well, I mean, he. Sh- I mean, I he needs it. I mean, I mean, yeah, but I also feel he was a victim too, and he was. And, and like they found this guy it was just like a drug addict, a, a vet, like homeless, and yeah. So I'm glad that he didn't do time. They no. were the masterminds. They were the masterminds, and I think that's exactly why. But at the same time. Really, who are the victims? Unfortunately, were the GoFundMe Imagine people. when when he came after them, how they must have been like, "God, you <laughs> fucking idiot! Like, shut up!" Right? You had seventy five thousand, and everyone like you're you're the one that didn't use it right. You know, like. Oh. But I mean, but I think the problem is, is he probably was hanging out with his friends. He had already blown through the seventy five. Told the story. He told the story, and those guys around were oh, probably like, all, yeah, they're like, "Man, you need to get more money." God, I think we know exactly, totally, exactly what happened. He's like, "Why are you guy?" You know, and then of course you're saying, "Well, I think they got something like four hundred thousand. So an attorney is going to say, "Well, that means okay, so thirty three percent of three hundred and fifty. Yeah, I'll take this case for you." And mm. then it's out. And then if they're really smart. The, the attorney probably had a, has a buddy in the in the DA's office, the investigative office, and says, "Hey, this is kind of BS." But the truth, really, what the saddest thing about this whole thing is, whoever created GoFundMe was it was a it was it, it went in with good intentions, right? Such good intentions. Such and good GoFundMe intentions. is really great, but you should. Um, and if you're someone that you know has a GoFundMe account and you like to give five twenty dollars, whatever. Just be really conscious of who you're, who's really getting it. Mm-hmm. And also, like, look, have they reached their goal? Yeah. Then, then maybe give to someone else. Like, right. you know, like sometimes I see these things where they're like above the goal. Yeah, the goal yeah. was 20,000 and it's like, you know, 250,000 because the story was that good or it was in the news. And I'm like, all right, you know, like, I don't know. I'm just saying be, be very careful because. But then but it I becomes- think what people liked about GoFundMe is that it went directly to the person when you'd hear about the. You know, the misappropriation of funds of like these big charity events and these foundations and, you know, like when I was doing um, something and they said, oh, what's your charity? And I said, oh, you know, I was joking. I'm like, oh, it's the Heather McDonald Foundation. It (laughs) helps um, middle-aged women named Heather McDonald get, you know, um, Botox. Like, (laughs) like I'm like, really? It's called your foundation? Like, right. And you think it's 
come on. Like, well, so, you have to. I mean, there are certain foundations under your name that really, but that's why it's so know, important under 501Cs very, that you are supposed to be showing all of these things. And, you, and when you, you should don't, be also very careful who you give your money to. Absolutely. I think that's why people liked it is because it would go like directly to the person to have a funeral or whatever they needed. But like some of these things are when you see people that are asking for something, um, you know, like, oh my gosh, my kid really wants their closet redone and they like live in a nice home. I'm just using as an example. And it would just be so much if my teenage daughter could have the walk-in closet <laughs> of her dreams. And like, I mean, I've literally, Oh no, I've seen and it. And it's, and because they're a celebrity, people will give that. And it's like, okay, but your child's still in private school. And, but I think people are giving <laughs> to these ridiculous things because it's going viral because yeah. then they'll be jumping on the viral attention bandwagon. And I think a lot of people never gave money to like maybe United Way or a lot of places because their donation kind of get lost and it might go into administrative yeah. stuff and they didn't want that. But then they give it to somebody who's just, you know, these th- people and then it goes sideways. So yeah, somewhere in the middle, maybe. I think there might be a movie or a doc about this or coming out, which I think is very juicy. I think they should. It's really interesting. You were a big hit in convincing uh, Jen Shaw to do her plea deal. Um, Jen Shaw, I just uh, noticed that she's back. She's posting. She's doing amazing. <laughs> and, um, you know, a lot of people are talking about the speculation of, what kind of time she actually will get. We had said she can't appeal if she gets more than 14 years, but that doesn't mean she's going to get Correct. 14 years. Do you have any more thoughts or predictions of about the time that she would do? Well, I'm glad she's doing shamazing and um, I'm hoping she's wearing less purses yeah. and she's taking it down a notch. And I, you know, I hope maybe she, uh, took my advice and uh, is working on lowering that time. I do think she's going to get some time. I don't think, I think there's a strong possibility it won't be 14 years. I, I think, I think we saw that, that the, the, she, she gets to do Halloween, which is great. Cause I'm sure she had some great costumes planned. It's always a fun holiday. I think she's going to get sentenced after Thanksgiving. And then I heard somewhere that they, her, her people might, she might get sentenced, but then she might not have to turn herself in until maybe after Christmas. That And that can happen for uh-huh. sure. I mean, you, if you could try to work something out, but a lot of times it's, it's, if it's not really determined ahead of time, then, you know, you don't know, you can't take anything for granted. So if I was her, I'd be still working with the, like the, the sentencing memorandum. I'd be working with the prosecution to the extent that they can say anything good. I'd be obviously working with the victims to the extent that, you know, anything like, I think I mentioned before restitution, I think could be a huge factor in that. So she's going to be, she should be paying all that money. Yeah. The thing is, is that I think when people in the Bravo world compare her and I just saw posts like, why aren't people more upset about Jen Shaw. They're so upset about Erica Jane. And I just think the cases are just very different. And in this one, she was doing the scam. And we haven't really, even the Hulu doc didn't really, we didn't see a personal victim like we did in the, um, the Jen Shaw Hulu doc was very different than the, than the Erica Jane Hulu doc, where we actually saw the victim and saw his burns and saw what he went through and heard from himself, like what it was like. And I don't think that we, we literally don't know who, what the, we haven't heard anyone be like, so I was living my great life. I wanted to do this thing. And after that, I 
lost my home. I lost this. I lost, you know, my life was ruined. I got divorced. We don't know like what. So I don't think as a person at home, what we have that same kind of like passion that we do, obviously. And the crimes were worse as far as the Tom Girardi did. Well, that's what sentencing is about. Cause like we're talking about what's Jen Shaw's defense or what, what's her mitigation, but really it's what the prosecution's going to present. So expect a sentencing that, that does feature extremely that. tough. Yeah. To, to tell these stories. I mean, it's not really unlike anything that we saw with the athlete a story. That was all the sentencing when all the, those athletes. You, oh, with the gymnastics. Do you remember the that Larry um, Nassif? Nassif. Oh, so that was sentencing. when he when he was yes. Well, all the girls that got molested and uh, you know violated all those years. That, oh, okay, that then a, you that, got then you all and then they came and they told their impact statements and they said what right. happened. Got it. Okay, so there's two ways you can kind of do this. I mean, there could be a situation where it would benefit if she pl- paid the restitution, if she showed some more remorse, and then maybe the prosecution won't go after her any more than they already have. And you have to kind of wonder, did they agree to the 14 years and same with the judge, because maybe they don't have those victims readily available. And I just wonder if the victims, is it like there's 2000 victims, but nobody lost more than $12,000. We don't know know what I mean. Like there, there isn't that like, you know, that's what I'm saying. That's where I, I think. And then the other question is, does her, did her, why is no one going after her husband the way they're going after Erica Jane? Well, quite simply, Erica Jane has checks going to Erica Jane's business from the law firm. And I don't think there's any checks like that. Did he, did Jen Shaw's husband benefit from being her husband and, you know, having some Gucci loafers and having a nice party thrown for him? Yeah. But he also had a whole nother career that he got a paycheck from completely separate from her, but he was a former attorney. So did he know what was going on? Yeah. I think people know when they're married to someone shady. I think there's a lot of women out there that know they're married to someone shady and they're like, mm, I don't really want to ask about it. But you also have to understand what the Erica Jane thing. I mean, Tom Girardi, everybody knew who Tom Girardi is, but everybody right. knew who Erica Jane was. I mean, we know who coach, I don't even know his last name, but, but he's, we only know who Erica Jane was because of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. When she was paying to perform at the white, white parties in Palm Springs, nobody, including the gay guys, gyrating to her song had ever heard of her before so no but i agree but once you get that persona and then it comes out that all the money that was being loaned to this company i mean okay i mean look erica could put on her you know blinders and say oh everything was great and there is no problem with them doing that but the problem i really have if you really look through the background of it is that she was subpoenaed twice for that original lawsuit that's Who are still about? ongoing. Jen, Jen. No, now I'm talking about Erica Jane. Okay, Erica Jane. She was subpoenaed twice. That was, I believe, in March and June of 2020. She didn't announce her divorce until November of 2020. She acts like she didn't know anything about it. And somewhere along 2020, he's, you know, going through the Alzheimer's or... Well, he's... I'll tell you what happened, baby. I'll tell you what happened. Tom told me, don't worry about it. That's part of the game. You get sued, you sue people, you know, jealous people. Um, so I answered the best I could, but no, I didn't, I didn't have the knowledge of it. Yeah. She probably had the knowledge of it. I think of course she had. Clear. And one of the reasons she, because we know she didn't even show up for the subpoena. She just dodged bullets. Oh, I'm on vacation or I'm on something. So then six months later, while this case is supposedly going further and she's still getting money put in the, in the, in her account, or, and she's accepting it and she's making her own money and somehow, you, I mean, 
It, did she know exactly what was happening? I don't know. But I mean, really? Well, it was two, just a bottomless well? Two juicy things that happened in the episode that aired this past week was she goes over to Diane Jenkins' house and Diane Jenkins is getting, you know, going to donate or get rid of some of her fancy clothes. And um, Erica's like, it's a lot. It's a lot when you have a collection like this. Um, I sold a lot of my collection. Mm. And I was like, where did okay, that I go? Thought, yeah, I thought there, there was some limit to her like going to the real real on her, with her clothes. And then the other thing she said was, um, I'm still separated from Tom. Because if I divorced him, I'd have to pay alimony. So I'll just stay separated. And I'm like, yeah, I, I agree. Don't get divorced. And you would have to pay alimony because you're making a salary and he's not. And he, you giving him money so he can have more snacks at the memory care facility. I don't think that's going to help the victims either. And you better save it for your glam squad and your dollhouse. So, I mean, I, I thought that was kind of some juicy stuff that was revealed. Well, the divorce is really just to take second, you know, tier to obviously all the other cases that are going on. I mean, yeah. the victims are more important. So it's like the divorce right now. Okay. That's just kind of a juggernaut. I mean, why yeah. are, for his sake too, like, does it really matter? I mean, both, he doesn't supposedly have any money because if he did, he'd be giving it to the victims. And right now, because we don't really know where the money is, that's really the scary thing. We have to go after Erica Jane because she's the only one that maybe has this money. If she even still has I it. I don't think there is any. I kind of wonder too. I don't think. I mean, but where are you going to go? Because it's it's bad enough. I mean, his reputation has been ruined. It's also very sad if he was going through this Alzheimer's thing. But if it's really been going on for a decade, which is the allegation and the complaint, then you mean the crimes? The crimes. Well, I think they've even gone. I think we discovered that it even gone farther. Even to the Aaron Brockovich days, there was stuff that wasn't done totally right. And I know that attorney that's dealing with. Um, you, not Ron, Ron Richards, but the other attorney, I think is now I want to say his name is Edelson. Yes. He's trying to, you know, really basically kind of go back into years, you know, and then, but then you also want to think about not just him, but all of the partners, because there's another lawsuit going where his partners are suing Tom Girardi. But then when you look at that point, well, it's like, I understand that they didn't get their partner money, but you're saying for all that time, you didn't know what was going on and you didn't know that these cases were, these victims were not being paid. And I also read something too, that toward the end, he was giving these, he was basically pawning these cases off where he thought he'd be getting quite a bit of money, like a good personal injury case and giving it to other attorneys. Right. So he would get someone to come into him because they know Erica Jane and they know the you know, uh, Aaron Brockovich story. And he'd be like, oh, this crime happened in Chicago. I'll give it to this attorney. And then I get like a referral fee or a chunk of it. So he gets but some the money. the other person really does all the work. Right. Yeah. Well, he also, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't want to have more victims. Right. So he's taking, because right now everything, I mean, it, really literally, it's he's taking away one area to fill right. up another pot, right? So it's like he wants to give it to another attorney because... I'll take that. I'll take some money I can spend as opposed to having these 500 victims not get their settlement check because yeah. I, I can't because I've got to fill out the other pot to pay the other people I never paid off. So it just becomes so deep. There's nowhere to go. And yeah. that's what happens. Well, okay. So, so that's, we'll see what happens. Um, but she can enjoy the rest of her Halloween, her summer, her filming. Jen Shaw can, and then we'll see what she gets. Um, 
I wanted to just say one thing on that when we talk about like sympathetic victims. Yeah. I kind of get the feeling, at least with a little bit that we do know about these victims. Which about Jen Shaw? Jen Shaw now. Is that, you know, yeah, it's pretty gross what she did because we're talking about maybe somewhat more vulnerable people. But I think most people know that you shouldn't be investing in stupid stuff well, like this thing. It's, it's like another, a little bit of a dummy thing but like and that's you, another you know, reason why i don't think we're getting anyone that wanted to go on the hulu doc because they're embarrassed right it's like think about if it happened to dad mm-hmm. think if when dad got an email or dad thought something was you know whatever and ended up giving this chick jen shaw 10 grand that he never got back there's no way dad would want to be on camera or dad go down to the courthouse and tell his boohoo story about being such an old, stupid man that he gave $10,000. Yeah, that he doesn't and understand. And so that's where I think it's, you know, and even in her head, even though they were vulnerable and stuff in her head, she probably was like, this isn't going to, you know, I'm not taking someone's home from them. So we'll find out you what know? happens because the, right. there is something there the prosecution is going to bring in. And if there's not, and she's able to pay off that restitution, you're probably going to see significantly less time than 14 years. I'm, I'm going to say my prediction now. Mark it down, Annie. I'm going to say she gets sentenced for like 34 months. And she gets out. So that's three years. Mm-hmm. Just under three years. I just didn't do want to do it on the dot because I just thought that would be like two on the nose, 36. So I'm going to say 34. And then she gets out at like 21. She gets out just under two years. That's uh- my prediction. I think she's going to get five years, and I think she's going to get approximately 10 years supervised probation. I don't think super... Who cares about supervised probation? I know, but what that's okay. but that's the justification, okay. I think, for the five years as opposed to the 10, oh, 11, okay. 12, 8, 9. Okay, I think that's get a about good five. one. That's I think she'll get about five, give or take. She'll get that, but then she'll how much get, time will she do? Um, Maybe three and a half. Okay. All right. Well, we're close. <laughs> Well, Shannon, thank you so much for all your juicy uh, tidbits and role-playing with me. Tell everybody where they can find you and your husband's practice if they ever need an attorney or advice. Thank you. We are in the Palm Desert Coachella area, and it's actually michaelgoldstein.net, www.michaelgoldstein.net. But I'm Shannon McDonald Goldstein. You can always find me up, and and our website's pretty easy to find. And we do all of the DUIs and we do a lot of traffic, but we do all, all kinds of criminal work. And I've done some juvenile and not that, that hopefully that never, that's not ne- needed to, but um, I do juvenile dependency work too. So Great. Thanks. thanks. All right. Bye.